From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., the Republican State Convention was held over the weekend in downtown Milwaukee, and it turns out the much-anticipated endorsement went to State Senator Leah Vukmir in the race to unseat Democratic U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin. Vukmir snagged the endorsement over her Republican primary opponent, Delafield businessman Kevin Nicholson. So now that Vukmir has the endorsement, what does that mean for the primary in August and the trajectory of the race? Well, it depends how Leah can parlay this into a healthier fundraising effort, um, how she takes advantage of the things it offers her from the state party, because the party, with its endorsement, you get access to fundraising lists, uh, Republican Party of Wisconsin staff, things like that, infrastructure. And Leah Vukmir has trailed Kevin Nicholson for fundraising so far, and Kevin Nicholson has had a national kind of following of some some sort that's helped him to a, a financial advantage, she needs to now find a way to help kind of close that gap and give her some kind of advantage here in the state. Now, to do that, you know, she has to ramp up fundraising efforts. Uh, the party's not going to run ads or anything for Leah just because she won the party endorsement. But, you know, when it comes to, like, to August, for example, and they do turnout calls to get people to polls, they'll remind them they, they endorsed, you know, Governor Walker for re-election and leave for the U.S. Senate. So... How might that help? But this is really something that was crucial for her. She really was banking on getting this endorsement. Now that she has it, what can she do with it? That's the big question. All right. Moving on to another hot topic, primaries are being held tomorrow in special elections for two vacant state legislative seats. These are the elections that Governor Walker tried to stop. The vacancies occurred when Republican State Senator Frank Lisay of De Pere and Republican State Representative Keith Ripp of Lodi left last December for jobs in the Walker administration. It looks like there's a four-way GOP primary for the assembly seat and a two-way GOP primary for the Senate seat. Who are the candidates in these races, and what kind of money have they raised? Well, we've got four candidates on the uh, Republican side in the 42nd Assembly District. The one to watch is a man named Plummer. He owns a chain of karate uh, schools. Uh, He's kind of like the GOP pick. He's had the support of uh, the infrastructure here in Madison. Uh, A lot of sitting lawmakers have done his campaign, so he's had a big advantage. Now, on the Senate side... It's a little bit different story. Uh, you have Andre Jacques and Alex Renard running for that primary. Renard has benefited quite a bit from some outside help. Uh, Midwest Growth Fund has been helping his campaign with uh, radio and mail. Uh, you know, Jacques has been endorsed by some grassroots groups, especially anti-abortion groups. It's really watching that one because the perception of Republicans in Madison is that Renard would be a stronger candidate in the general election than Andre Jacques. Jacques has got a reputation for being quite conservative, uh, not being a terribly great fundraiser. There's a lot of, a lot riding on this in, uh, election in June, and that Andre's a little more conservative than the district is itself, so that Bernard might be a better fit. We'll see how that plays out. But, you know, Republicans are watching who gets through because it could impact their chances of holding that seat come the June special election. Each race features a Democrat, but they won't face a primary, so they'll go right to the general election. What do those candidates look like? Uh, Emily Graves is a um, 
Uh, she works at UW. Uh, our family has farmed in the 42nd and for years. Uh, so she is somebody that they recruited, uh, the Democrats in Madison recruited to run for that seat. They like that her, she's already up on TV doing an ad about clean water. Uh, in the Senate district, Caleb Frostman uh, worked for the Door County Economic Development Corporation, um, was kind of known up there. In those circles, the Democrats are happy with that recruit. So, you know, it's just the big question kind of come June is going to be what's the environment like? You know, is there still a big enthusiasm gap in favor of Democrats? And if there is, then it gives Democrats a chance to pick off these seats. If things start to narrow, maybe a different story. We saw a poll last week from CNN that the generic ballot question had narrowed significantly since uh, like early this year. But is that a one-time thing? Is it temporary or is it, you know, a trend moving to Republicans' favor where people are getting more excited about what's happening in Washington, D.C. and the policies out of the Trump administration. And if that's happening, it might blunt some of the blue wave. But so far, we've seen a lot of evidence that Democrats are more excited to vote than Wisconsin Republicans are. If that holds, then that gives Dems a good shot in June for those two seats. In another election-related matter, there was a dust-up last week in the governor's race. Democratic candidate and attorney Matt Flynn says... Anyone who wants him to drop out of the race because of his past work defending the Milwaukee Archdiocese in the sexual sexual abuse scandal involving priests can go jump in a lake. Flynn filed his paperwork Wednesday to get on the ballot amongst calls from several influential women's groups to drop out. What do you make of this and what will Matt Flynn's candidacy look like going forward? It's a good question. Uh, we've known about this for a long time. We asked the Matt Flynn about this and October, when he announced he's running, he downplayed the possible impact on his campaign, and he's kind of defiant amidst these calls. But this is going to be an issue for him where, uh, especially in Democratic primary, people are, it's giving his opponents an avenue to question his position in the race. Now, it is a wide open field. There are whatever, 16 or 17 people running, maybe nine who are considered to be serious candidates. Having an issue like this does not help you in a primary when people are looking at what the difference is. For the most part, these guys are in the same ballpark when it comes to issues. So sometimes it becomes personality and record, and this is part of Matt Flynn's record. And he's very much trying to say he did the right thing, but there are people who are incensed about the scandal with the Milwaukee Archdiocese and will hold, will consider Flynn to be part of that in this primary, which is not going to help him. Also, there was a big development regarding Democratic State Senator Lena Taylor of Milwaukee. Minority Leader Jennifer Schilling removed her from the Joint Finance Committee and replaced her with another Milwaukee Democrat, State Senator LaTanya Johnson. This happened after Taylor allegedly used offensive language during an incident at a bank in Milwaukee and after a former employee filed a complaint alleging that Taylor had retaliated against that person, along with bullying them and other staff members. Members. Taylor has been ordered to undergo anti-harassment training with the legislature's human resources manager. She then held a news conference in Milwaukee calling the reprimand a political lynching. So what does the future hold for Lena Taylor? Well, in the Capitol, it's obvious that she's not going to be in the finance committee and that she is uh, viewed right now as having, as somebody who's just, I don't say toxic, but this is kind of like the last straw. Um, the bank incident was one thing, but this report that came out uh, that suggested that she was bullying her staff and not only the person who filed the complaint, but others, 
Jennifer Schilling had to do something. That's the impression I got from talking to people that there had to be some measure taken. The Joint Finance Committee is the most powerful committee in the Capitol. It is a very good perch to have if you're a lawmaker. And having her, Taylor with these issues around her on that committee did not look good for Democrats. So this was pretty much the last straw. Now, you know, in the Capitol, there are all people, people wondering, oh, what's Lena going to do next? Is she going to be a thorn in the side of Jennifer Schilling going forward in that caucus because she's pulled off the committee? Is she going to work with Democrats? Or is she going to try and work with Republicans? What What's she going to do? But for Lena then been in Milwaukee, you know, she's shown that the people in her district really like her. I mean, she had a primary challenge in 2016, beat it back easily. But her name's been floated for everything from, like, Milwaukee mayor to, you know, city attorney to running for a judge. How does this play for her future in Milwaukee? Will voters there dismiss this as, you know, just kind of some Madison stuff, or will it really come back to bite her running for a citywide or a countywide office? That's going to be a big question for her political future. And finally, Illinois Attorney General Lisa Madigan is threatening to sue the federal government over the massive Foxconn project in Racine County. She says she'll challenge a recent rule from the EPA that would subject Foxconn to less stringent ozone regulations. The Taiwanese company is in the process of breaking ground on a huge LCD screen manufacturing plant that could eventually employ up to 13,000 people. So does this throw a monkey wrench into those plans? I hate trying to predict anything a court will do, so I can't tell you for sure if it's going to really cause a problem. But it could. I mean, it could be an issue if the judge throws out the permits or or something on those lines. But right now, we just don't know because, again, I hate predicting what courts are going to do. So far, though, we're seeing signs of projects moving forward, uh, breaking ground, construction underway for the the plant. Governor Walker's been touting... um, contracts for companies around the state that are part of this initial phase. I mean, he's doing what he can to sell it. And the question is, will this court case put a damper on it? Would it delay it? Could it be a problem? I, I really don't know right now. But other than this, you know, Walker's been kind of tell, sell, selling a lot of good things he's seen lately with just the progress on the project. All right. Thanks for joining us, Jr. Anytime. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.